Welcome to The Old Show with Jody Harrison Bauer and her daughter Lexi. Over the next hour, you will learn how to embrace the age you are now and have the knowledge to walk fearlessly into the next chapter of your life. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everybody. I'm Jody Harrison Bauer along with my daughter. I'm Lexi Harrison. And we are here on our very first episode of Old. So welcome, welcome everybody to our show called Old. And we decided to do this show because there is so many different discussions about being old, getting older, what it feels like. And just even before we started the show, we were talking about age because sometimes your voice sounds a little bit younger and I used to always get, oh, you look so young. And then it went to, you look so young for your age. So, you know, which is a little bit insulting. No one's ever told me I look young. (laughs) Right. At least you got that. So this is going to be a show where we just discuss everything about getting older, the good stuff, the bad stuff. There's really nothing bad. I, and Lexi and I both discussed this, that it really is about embracing the age that you are, because the truth is every single day we are getting older and it's okay as long as, in my opinion, we're embracing it. Because I think that if we try to push back from it or pretend we're not the age that we are, then I think we kind of start screwing things up in our head. Lex? Yeah. Well, I mean, coming from the baby boomer who you're the generation that wants to drink the fountain of youth forever. Is do you is that how you perceive us? I think, yeah, I think that the baby boomers are like, we're gonna live forever. Well, I more do, so than anyone else. Um, we have to look into that. I think you might be right. I do want to I used to say that I, I wanted to live until I was a hundred. And then I was reading Dr. Mark Hyman's book. He's got a new book out, Young Forever, which I love. He's 63. I'm 62. Lexi just turned 30. And he was talking about wanting to live until 120. And I thought, well, if you're going to live until 120, I'm going to live until 120. No, that's, I'm out. That's <laughs> too long. I don't even know that Why? I need to but make if it to 90. Free. If you're living pain-free. What am I doing? What does my life entail? That's what I'd like to know. It's a really good thing. Because if there's not much going on and I'm just living for, you know, my family to call me every so often, I'm good. I'd rather go out on a high note. Living until 120. I don't know, Lexi. I. But you and Mark Hyman want to be like climbing mountains at 100. I don't. I'm good. I think my, my mountain climbing days can have an expiration date. I'm okay with that. I've often thought about what it would be like to live literally 60 more years than I am right now. Like, right? That would be Does that sound fun to you? If I if I can feel the way I feel in my body. But you can't. You're gonna be 120. Like <laughs> I'm probably going to be down to like four foot five by the time I'm 120 years old. Right. And like wearing a diaper. No, no, no. I don't want to live. I guess this is this is the honest truth. If and that is where the baby boomers, I think, are talking about a lot of this is that if we can live 
until we're 100 or 120 years old and feel the same way, then let's do it. But I don't know. I, I don't, don't even think possible. that that sounds, I don't think it's possible, but I don't even think that that sounds appealing. So like if you could be 62 for 50 years, would you want to do that? I wouldn't. If I could be 62 for 50 more years? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think I would do that. See, this is, this is what the whole, the whole idea behind this show and about, getting older is about is a lot of it is about perspective. So you're 30 and you think, I know you love me, but that over 60 sounds old to you. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, that's 32 years older than me. Right. And when I was 30, I thought the same thing. So, but I'm not dreading being 60. And we've talked about this. You were looking at pictures of your mom's 60th birthday in the, the 90s. Right. And thinking she was a grandma and thinking that she was so old. And now I look at 60 and I don't think it's so old because I see all that you're doing at this age. So I'm not scared to be 60, but I'd rather be 30. If you that make sense. Yes. If you could pick an age, you're only 30, but if you can pick an age right now that you've enjoyed or you would like to have stayed at, your whole life? Do you have an age yet? Or is it the age that you are right now? I think it's probably the age that I am right now. I really liked being 25. It was a really good year for me. I really liked feeling still very young, but not being the youngest person in the room. Like being 22 sucks. When you first graduate college, if you go to college, but you're like, new into the world and you're trying to figure things out and it's very scary and confusing. 25, I felt like I understood my city. I had friends. I was, I thought, established in my career. I knew what I was doing. I was making enough money to travel myself and and, and start to do fun things. So that was a really exciting time. And I still felt like my whole life was ahead of me. I am now that I have turned 30, starting to feel quote unquote old. Right. And I think with that comes maturity and more confidence and you feel more sure of who you are. So those are all good things. And I'm still just as excited about the future, but it doesn't feel, even though it's only five years, it doesn't yeah. feel like, oh, wow, I have my whole life ahead of me. Now I'm like, do I want to have kids? Because if so, I got to get on that. Is this next job going to be the job that I have when I have children? Because I need right. to figure out how that's going to work in oh shit, I'm still single. Do I need to be panicking about that? Right. I wasn't having those thoughts at 25. Right. Because at 25, you still still felt super young, mm-hmm. but established. And but you I weren't think, the youngest person in the room. So you felt like you had some, some cred. Yes. But I do think that it would be very frustrating to remain 25. Because I think after being 25 for three years, you'd be like, okay, I'm ready. What's next? I need right. some more power. I need some more control. I need to more some more stability. So I don't know. While I would say up until right now, that has probably been my favorite age. I wouldn't want to stay there forever. Right. I think it would be someplace in your early 30s that I would want to stay for an extended period of time. But I'm only two months into 30, so I can't say that right. with certainty yet. No, but I was just curious. Like, that's kind of cool that you think 
I like that perspective that you liked being 25. I, I right. you know what? I actually liked being 25 too. It's I, a good age. I also really liked being 17, but like I couldn't do more than two years of being 17. Right. right. That would be, I would die. I would say, since you haven't asked me what my favorite age was. <laughs> you were still talking about me. <laughs> no, but but like before I forget, because that's what happens when you do get older is that's you do forget. Why I'm things, here. Right. Um, I loved being 25. That's when I actually, I was like two months shy of 25 when I married your father. So, so crazy. <laughs> I know. I know it is. And I am really happy that you and your sister, you know, are not married. <laughs> right, right. That you're still like look, I think it's it's hard from because okay, I got married. All right, let's marriage. all right, let's go ahead and uh, we'll but, come back to that. <clears throat> I really liked being 25. I really loved being 38. Such a random age, but I loved being 38. And I think the Why? reason confidence. I'm gonna guess your answer. I'm gonna guess your answer. Okay. Okay. You were a couple of years into motherhood. Yes. So you were out of that like newborn, oh my God, I have children. What am I doing? Trying to figure it out. Maybe trying to find your way back to your old, old self or your new self, quote mm-hmm. unquote. So you had that confidence. You felt established in your relationships in where you were in life. Yeah. And you were coming into yourself. Yeah. No, absolutely. Good job, Lex. Um, yeah. I, you know, you were three. Right. And Alyssa was eight, seven, seven at 38. Cause I had her, whatever. If you were, <laughs> wait, wrong. we're four years apart. So if I was three, she was seven. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I totally felt like I got this. I got this. I was going back to taking care of myself. I was a stay-at-home mom. So yeah, I felt really good on my mind and my body. And yes, it definitely came with confidence. And I think probably when you're talking about being 25, that has to do with what you said too, the confidence that you have had at that time. Yes. I think even when I said 17 to 17, I think of, I guess it could be 18 too, but 17, I think of a senior in high school. And I think a lot of people who had um, a nice childhood mm-hmm. <clears throat> would say that senior year of high school is a really fun time to be alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the case for me. And again, it's like you have plans solidified for the future. You know what you're working towards. You probably have an established friend group. You probably feel really comfortable in the place that you live because you've lived there for a while. Right. And you're, you know, you're seniors, you're running the school. So right. it's the most power that you ever feel as a child. I think also your parents are probably giving you more freedom than normal. You have the ability to drive so you can get yourself places. Yeah, those are- have access to a car and have right. a driver's license. So I think that, that there's a lot of confidence that comes with that. And that's probably what we're hitting on on all these ages. I think yeah. for women, there's a lot of panic that comes with turning 30, but I think there's also a lot of confidence you hear, you know, in your 30s, you stop caring and- Stop what? caring about what other people think. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Stop okay. caring about what other people think. And you're really able to focus more on yourself where I think your twenties are a lot about focusing on what other people want, trying to be cool, trying to please other people, trying to fit in, trying to do what you think you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think all of these ages come with that confidence and leaning more into who 
you, you really are. are. Like standing into your your truth and your power. Things that I talk about on Fearlessly Authentic is just being your fearless and authentic yes. self. Which is why it's so messed up probably that menopause and I don't want to get you into a menopause tangent but that menopause comes when it does is because probably when women are really figuring themselves out are in their late 50s when they have no 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 you're very smart but you don't know about that yet okay tell me so all right so your favorite age so far has been 25 you've touched on 17 I liked being, I think 30 is going to be really good. I'm just, I'm brand new. I love the 30s. <clears throat> it was, the 30s are a time to figure things out, to really, really, really feel that you are digging your heels in and you are really identifying who you are, what you want out of life, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. That's are you so loving scary. being like a full-time mom? Like I was a full-time mom. So, or are you no. like- you know, doing the hybrid thing, part-time mom, not part-time mom, you're never a part-time mom, but like part-time job, you know, you'll figure all those things out. And I don't ever want you or your sister to lose your identity and which is what happened to me, blah, blah, blah. But then what happens is because everybody's having their children a little bit later in life, like not necessarily as early as I did at 28 and 32, which it wasn't super early, but earlier than the majority of people your age are having children now. Yeah. If I saw a 28 year old pregnant woman, I'd be like, whoa, which is crazy because it's such a normal age to have children. Right. It is a very normal age. So, so what happens is, so as you're raising your children, let's just say on an average between 35 and 45, you've got school age children and they're not off to college yet. They go off to college when you're like 50, 55. That's what I was saying. Right. Right. So you, you're my baby. You went off when I was 50 years old. That's when you left for college was when I was 50. And that's when most women start going through menopause between 45 and 55. So what happens is, yeah, you think you have everything figured out. And then fucking menopause comes in and just fucks your world up. Okay. It's, but we're not going to get into menopause. No, but you were saying, about this for hours. no, but you were saying how something about confidence well, no, because, in your fifties. And that's why here's my thought process. So you play around in your twenties, you start to try kind of solidify who you really are in your thirties. But during that time, most women, like you said, are having babies and raising children and hold that and identify part of their identity is now not just i'm lexi harrison but i'm lexi i am let me finish this is what i was saying so then i think a lot of moms become so invested in raising their children yes that that becomes a huge part of them and they almost have to mourn this part of them that's no longer there there's this new part of them that wasn't there. So then you spend the next, let's call it 20 years, hyper-focused on your children, not making them your whole world, but they're, you know, oh, a, there a are big it, part right. of it. So then they leave and then you say, okay, I kind of get to be me again. Not like you dump your kids. Right, right, right. They don't live with you anymore. Correct. So there's a difference. Right. And then you come back to, okay, well, who I, who am I now? And if you didn't have the havoc that is menopause on your body, mm-hmm. you would probably be like, I'm me. I'm awesome. This is great. I get to, you know, lean into who I really am again. But then I understand that menopause comes and kind of pushes you off a cliff. Yeah. 
So that was the point that I was trying to make that I think you agree with. You just attacked me right away. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. No, I, yes, it's, it's so good that we get to talk about this. And I think so many, we will do a whole episode about menopause because it's five. Yeah, because it's so important because menopause really does mess up your head and um, it does. You're like, okay, I've raised these kids. They're going off to college. I'm in a great marriage or in a new relationship or whatever your status is or you're, a, like, or you're a single mom or whatever it is, whatever you I want. I feel like no one going through menopause says, I'm in a great relationship. That's a well, different while they're going through it, they don't know. No, I just feel like how many... How many fresh, empty nesters are super pumped about their marriage? I think a lot of them are. Oh, I think I a lot. I think a lot okay. of them are. Oh God, did I make? No, I think so. I think people who are in good relationships, when their kids leave, they're empty nesters, and menopause is upon them because it is going to be upon them unless they went through it in their late in their thirties, because that could happen too. Um, so if they are the typical, the average between 45 and 55, and they're either becoming empty nesters or they are, and they have, they are in a good, healthy relationship, they are pumped to get rid of those kids. Well, and I know that they are, they are, you know, probably have a better support system, I should say, going through menopause. So if you are in a healthy relationship and you are going through menopause, um, it's really important that you talk to your significant other about what's going on in your life because let's just talk about menopause for three minutes because you already talked about it for three minutes because these changes do happen. And, you know, I think a lot of people might think, oh my God, we're going to amp up our sex life. It's going to be so great. In the meantime, you're like, I'm going through menopause. Like, I really don't want to have this, like, I'm not swinging from the ceilings on a trapeze now that the kids are gone. And if they are, Hallelujah. They are. All right. I'm going to talk about a relationship that I was in. I wasn't going to talk about this. What? How did we get here? Why are... should we not talk about this anymore? The menopause? Let's stop. Yeah. It... Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to, okay. So best age, 17, 25 for me, 38. I also loved, loved, loved. And I think it was, sorry, Lex, post-divorce from your dad. I loved being in my forties. And women, I loved being in my 40s. And I don't know if it's because I changed the status of my relationship at that point. So I was really, really, really stepping into myself. And I've heard from a lot of women that they do really enjoy their 40s. I hear that too. Then again, menopause is right around the corner. Well, at least the early 40s, because I feel like the women- 45, it's amazing. The women in their 40s are- Rocket so annoying in. about being in their 40s. Like they're the ones that are screaming from the rooftop, I am 40. Mm-hmm. It's like, we get it. Cool. You're still hot. You're 40. Congratulations. And I support that. I would like to be. You will. I would like to be like that. But those are those are the loudest people in the room, I think. Are, are the, women, those, in their, the are, women in their 40s who are loving life. Are those the elder millennials? What is Georgia? It's that Gen X. Because those women are in their 50s. I think the oldest millennials are in their early 40s. I think you're right. But early, like maybe just turned 40, maybe like 41. And then the rest would be Gen X. Yeah. So the oldest millennials, I'm going to guess, go up to 42 in 2023. 
Um, We're going to have to do more math. 81 to 96. 81. 81. So what? 2023 minus 1981. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. Keep talking while I do math. Math is not our strong suit. Let's do this. But it doesn't really matter what generation it is. I'm just saying, I think, and I think a big reason for that is similar to how we were talking about. Nailed it. You did. Um, How you were talking about, you thought when your mom was 60, that she was so old. I think that 40 has always been the marker of middle age and it still is. People talk about 40 as middle age. It's so ridiculous. Middle age is 50. Hello? If you're going to live to 100, it's 50. Most people aren't living to 100. (laughs) Well, I'm calling middle age 50. Middle age is not 40. I'm telling you, it's not. You're throwing a hissy fit. The boomers about. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. And I think millennials are starting to do it too. But wait, hold on. Because we are living longer. And that's why we get to do this podcast called Old. Because 62 was old 20 years ago. You keep fighting me on things that I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting. I'm just making the point. I know, but I'm making the same point. The reason I think that the women in their 40s are so pumped about being in their 40s is because they were always taught to think that 40s, 30, you're over the hill. You're you're a woman. You're 30. No one wants you. You're trash. 40, you're middle-aged. You're real trash. And now these women are getting to 40 and they're like, wait a minute. I feel great. Mm -hmm. I still look great. I feel confident in where I am in life. I have my kids. I have my relationship. I I have my jobs. Yeah. And they're like, what are people talking about? This is amazing. I got this. Right. And then, and then I think that's why menopause is such a right. And that's why I'm like kicking the face. That's why I always, when I see these women, I'm like, oh, just you wait. Just you wait. Okay, but you don't want to be the old lady that's like, oh, you have no idea what's coming. Well, I actually am becoming the old lady saying. I know. Don't. No one likes that. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying just you wait, but here's the point about. So 40s is really fun. And I'm glad that these, whoever these are, millennials, Gen Xers. Are Gen Xers? Whatever that generation, millennials. Gen X is older than millennials. Okay, so so the Gen X in their 40s. 40s. Okay, the Gen X and the elder millennials. I'm thrilled that they love being in their 40s because even me as a baby boomer loved being um, in my 40s. It's just, they say that women are at their sexual height in their 40s. And I think a lot of it going back to that whole middle age feeling is that we've raised our kids. They're off in school or in school full-time, and we are finally can take care of ourselves. And when we take care of ourselves, this is part of what I wanted to talk about today also, is when we do take care of ourselves, we do feel empowered, we do feel more confident to age the way we want. And even if we haven't and we're in our 40s and then we start taking care of ourselves, it's it's still that time that we decide I'm going to take care of myself and that builds confidence and that helps right. every relationship you're in friendship, work, you know, romantic, whatever. Um, so it's the forties I found were a great age. And then the fifties is sixties. I was talking to somebody yesterday, a 19 year old at the nail salon. I'm like, where did you meet a 19 year old? <laughs> she was sitting next to me getting her nails done. And there was a woman who, um, she's very tiny, um, sort wait. of like me. Okay. Wait, just are, wait. Are these details we need? 
No, yeah. And I, the woman left and she's a very lovely woman. She, I, think she, I think she's a few years older than me and she's super tiny, very pretty. And she left. And I said to the woman doing my nails, I'm like, she's so cute. And she's like the tiniest human being in the world. And so my nail girl looked at me and she's like, um, hello, you're just as tiny as she is. I go, maybe it's the boobs. Maybe it's just the boobs that make me feel like I'm bigger. The boobs add a lot. They add a lot to the whole structure of me and she does not. So this 19 year old next next to me said, oh, she is really tiny. And I thought, oh, she don't say I'm as tiny, but whatever. But then, then the complex that you have. Yeah. Yeah. I've always felt like I was really big. She's five feet tall. Right. But I always felt like I was really big, even going, hold that, remember where I left off. When I was in high school and I was a cheerleader and my co-person was my best friend. And whenever we did um, like pyramids and things like that, we didn't do a lot of them. I always made sure that she jumped on me versus her jumping on me, jumping on her because I thought I would crush her. Okay, That's crazy. I know. Someone must have called you fat as a child. I don't know. I think it was growing up with an obese mother. I, I think there was like, because there was obesity on my mom's side of the family, I always felt. Okay. Let's anyway, reel it back to the 19 really, year old of the nail salon. Right. So she said something about, um, something about, oh, she says, my mom just turned 60. And, and she said, I said, do you think that's old? And she said, well, I don't think so. She goes, she acts like you. And I said, "Oh, that's because we're we're aging differently. We are not our our mothers." And so she goes, "Yeah, you know, you would never know my mom was sixty, and she was going on and on." And she's like, "And it's because I think my mom takes really good care of herself. You know, when you go through menopause, nineteen, she goes, you know, when you go through menopause, you've got to make sure that you're taking supplements like calcium, and you know, you're losing your estrogen and progesterone." And I'm like, how do you know all of this? She goes, I'm a nursing student. I said, oh, okay. So I just thought that I overall, I think every woman, whether they're 19 or 30, are they're just more educated about their health and wellness. And I love that because that was not how I grew up. Me working out and taking care of myself in that vein, nobody else was doing that. And I love that there's so many young people yes. like you that are educated and are taking control of your health and wellness. I know with me as your mother, you didn't have much choice, but that you could have just said, screw you and not do anything. Right. And say, I'm going to do the opposite of what my mom says to do. Yeah. So, but I think it's also, I think your age group, your generation is taking health wellness, especially mental um, wellness and understanding the connection between mind and body and that wellness, wellness, you know, health is wealth. I love that health as well. But don't you agree? Like, yes, because yeah, you- the conversations now are very different. There's so much focus on self care. People talk about hormone health and mm. fertility health and mental health very openly. Um, so it's certainly different. But I mean, at the same time, there's all this focus on health, but people are so awareness is going up, but health by all markers, I think, is going down. Explain we that. would have to check on that. But I don't think that. But why do you think that? I don't think that people are getting healthier. I think there's more awareness, which is great. And that's a huge step. But I think that Americans, at least, are still incredibly unhealthy. Yes. And there's been a big, I think, a steady decrease 
and a big one over recent years. Um, I think a lot of it is related to lifestyle. I think a lot of it is related to food. We we don't eat real food. We're not active. We don't have enough human interaction. We are chronically stressed. We're chronically sleep deprived. So while there is awareness and people are meditating more and working out more and taking supplements and focusing on what they put into their body, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're getting healthier, which is a little depressing, but that's a tangent for a different time. No, but I, but I think that has to do with the aging process and your perspective, my perspective, what people my age are doing, what people your age are doing, and how there are a lot of people in my age group that deal with anxiety and deal with mental health issues differently than people your age do. Yes. You're much more open about it. And the, you because know, we were exposed to these conversations younger. So people starting to talk about mental health over the past, let's call it five, 10 years in yeah. a really like forefront of pop culture, let's say way. Mm -hmm. That's great that, you know, the boomers are experiencing that in their fifties and sixties but it's not as beneficial as as growing up with that. So if you were told to, you know, shove your feelings down, don't talk about it, push it away, push it away your whole life. And then suddenly at 50, you're told that you should be going to therapy and you should be talking openly and you should be meditating and all of these different things. It's helpful, but it's not as helpful as it would have been if you had been exposed to that knowledge at a younger age and had more time to lean into that. So I think that's, where each generation gets better. And that's why 60 for you is younger than 60 was for your mom. And then right. 60 for me will be younger, hopefully, than it was for you. I think that's a really good point. I remember my mom going to therapy with my father. And that must have been crazy. It was crazy. So my parents, I still don't know the real the real story, but I they split up for like six months. Yeah, but what year was this? Like the 70s, 80s? I was 70s. In, it was 1980. I was in college. I was a freshman. I was a, a yeah, 19. I went to college in 1979. So it was 79, 80, 81. Somewhere around there, my parents were separated for like six months. And when my dad and mom reunited, my mom said, so I was 19 at the time, 18, 19. And my mom said, we need to go and talk to somebody. But your sisters somebody. were both living at home still. Yes. They were, they were in high school. Right. And so, so that was, I remember, I remember the therapist's name. I'm sure she's not alive anymore. So I, because you don't need to old, name drop I don't need to name drop her, but they found this lovely woman who, who was a family counselor and they went to therapy. And I remember thinking as, you know, a young girl, I remember thinking that was really cool that they did that. My mom, you know, she was, she, she was ahead of her, she time. was ahead of her time and people didn't like her because she spoke her mind and she was ahead of her time. I kind of feel like I'm a little bit like, yeah. That. And she didn't give a fuck. She didn't. I gave more of a fuck and that's half of my problem. Yes. That I've no, she did not care. She no. was going to do what she wanted to do. And half the people were going to hate her. Half the people were going to love her. And she did not care about. No, no. Her. And she would tell her friends about therapy. So, yes. But I'm, your point. I'm impressed that your response to my parents are going to couples therapy in 1980 was, 
I'm impressed. I'm proud of them. I would have thought, granted, this was after a six month separation, but I would have thought that your response would have been, oh, no, my parents are crazy. Their marriage is in trouble. Our family is doomed. That's what I would have expected the response Mm. to be. Yeah, no, I was, I remember being happy about it. I know my sisters were a little nervous because they were living at home. So I was in Boston. Yeah, you were like best life. Off in their own world. I was. I think they were separated. For six months. I don't really know. Didn't and then my, my youngest sister who's five years younger is like, oh no, you should have been here while this was going down. I'm so glad that I wasn't. But I am impressed that they went. I'm impressed that she got my dad to go. Like Me that's too. very cool. That's very cool that they did that. But I don't think that was the norm for back then. And no. she used to brag about it. So and now young couples go to preventative couples therapy. Yeah. I would do that. But when is when is too much therapy too much? I think there's definitely such thing as too much therapy, but right. I think if I were maybe engaged mm-hmm. or maybe close to getting engaged, I would say let's let's go to a couple sessions of couples therapy. I love you. To just talk about some <laughs> like big things, get them out. It's it's like preventative care. Some things that maybe some issues that I have, some issues that you have, some things that we think might come up and just talk through them before they become an issue. I don't think you need to be going to weekly couples therapy as a healthy new couple, but I think getting some of those things out there before they blow up in your face but is why can't, really healthy. Why can't you just discuss it, the two of you? Do you not think that you have? I think you can, but I think why not take the extra step? What are you scared of? Personally, I think that's a little too much, but I do think that there, if there is an issue with one of you having an issue with something and you cannot discuss it and reach um, a place where you're both happy, then I do think that getting somebody as a mediator to help you see both sides of the story, to help you work it out if you are in love with this person and you see a future. Yeah, but I mean- but we'll I, see, but I've I never get. done it, but maybe I'm scarred. Scarred? What do you mean? From someone who wouldn't go to couples therapy. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Um, so, I mean, all of these <clears throat> things I think are healthy that help you in aging. Right. You know, it's everything that you do to take care of yourself, boosts your confidence, makes you look better, makes you feel better, makes you act better. It's like we used to always watch What Not to Wear. Oh, yeah. And I think on TLC, that was our I was favorite just show about him. The guy who was on the show. I can't think of his name. Okay, doesn't matter. No, but- no, no. But he was on he was on um, he was on a cooking show. Of course, I was watching the cooking show. <laughs> Um, but that we used to love that show. And I think a lot of people thought it was frivolous. And then the second Queer Eye came out, what, how many years ago? Like six years ago or something. The second Queer Eye? Yeah. Because the, the original Queer Eye was what, in the 90s? Yes. It was called Queer Eye no. for the Straight Guy. Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Yes. And I love that show. Did we watch it together? I don't think we watched that. But obviously, we have watched the new one. And right. we love it. And everyone watches this show and cries and you see the power of self-care, which again, is something that everyone's talking about. Everyone says, you know, Karamo's fill up your cup first and you have to take care of yourself to be there for the other people in your life. But it's so true. And I think that really relates to aging. And the more you take care of yourself, the more you can preserve that quote unquote youth, which is probably 
less so biological and more so obviously there's biological youth, but more so like it's a state stress. of mind it's and a stress. feeling. Stress is, is the number one thing that can age you. And I could always tell when somebody doesn't have children they and they good. look, they just look less stressed. And um, because even though children are a gift and I am so grateful to have two healthy daughters, but it is stressful. You've got the aging process going on and then you've got a relationship and then you've got it's it's the stress of children. It's about worrying, worrying like yesterday you were giving me so much shit. Coming and I'm like, you okay? Are you okay? Okay, no. So tell this story because I came to her house. We live in different states. I took the train, the train that I have been taking my entire life from the city that I live in to the city that she lives in. And it's two hours. It's a two hour train (laughs) ride. You, the car comes to pick you up at the train station and you're outside for maybe 15 feet. Her husband picked me up. She tr- She should trust him. <laughs> she should trust me. I'm 30. He's in his 60s. We've done this a million times. I texted her to tell her that my train was getting in. She texted me to tell me that he was there. I call him. I get in his car. We start chatting. Yeah, but nobody tells me. Why would we need to tell you that? <laughs> she calls both of us several times, answers the phone and goes, oh, I was, I was in such a panic. You had me so nervous. Because I didn't tell her that I got in the car. I was like, what did you think happened? Did okay. you think someone kidnapped All both right, of so us? I need to know. I need for you guys to email me, Jody at JodyHarrisonBauer.com. And I want to know, moms, do you still worry about your kids as if they were five years old? And most moms are going to say, yes, not to the extent, oh, my goodness, she's going to go outside and cross the street without looking. But, but yes, we worry. And it does age us. That's my I point. understand. I just I've lived in a major city for eight years now. I've lived on my own for 12. And you don't think that I can make it from the train to a car without. <laughs> no, I do. But I just needed I needed like I just, do that several times. I just a day. needed to know. OK, so we have about three minutes left. I want to know from you. What do you look forward to as you're getting older? Is this me or for the audience? You. And then I have to answer the question too. Okay. What do I look forward to about aging? Uh, Confidence. So more confidence. More confidence. Um, Security. I feel like I just got out of my 20s, which is so much chaos and like, what's my life going to be? So once you get to that point where there's less questions about what your life is going to be because you're doing it. Yeah. I like that. So I guess confidence whatever I just said, Mm -hmm. and like security, which are probably the same thing. So security is security gives you confidence. Yes. And feeling sure of myself. Mm. That wasn't very eloquent. I said the same. I said a lot of different words to describe two things. No. So you look forward to that's the part of aging that you look forward to. I kind of like that answer. Um, What do I look forward to in aging even more? I also look forward to like, that's why 60 didn't really screw me up. But I too look forward to as I age to feel more empowered by the experiences I've had and will and look forward to still having given the fact that I can still stay in good health and feel good in my body and in my mind. But I have so much to look forward to you and your sister, you know, having children maybe one day. I don't need to go into detail, but... Okay, but I look forward to 
having even more confidence that I do now. Cause I think life I experiences have, bring that. Well, I have a quick question. Okay. Now that you have aged more than the rest of us. Yes. Do you fear aging more or less now that you are in your sixties? The only thing that I fear about aging, if I can be completely honest, is that I don't want to miss out on anything in you and your sister's life. So dying. Dying. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yes. I think that's a pretty valid fear. I don't want to miss it. That's why I want to live forever because I don't want to miss out on anything in your lives. So if you didn't have kids, you wouldn't want to live forever? I don't know. It's so hard to say because I have two of you. <laughs> I can't say. Okay, Lexi, now that you're it crying. was such a pleasure to have you as my co-host for the show today and next week and next week. So thank you for joining us for the first episode of Old. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, please let me know what more what other subjects you'd like to hear us talk about. And we look forward to uh, rocking it every week and bringing you old subjects on aging. Anything else you want to add, Lex? You can find updates on the old podcast at Jody Harrison Bauer on Instagram and TikTok. And the old podcast social media is coming soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Old Show with Jody Harrison Bauer and her daughter, Lexi. We hope today's episode has helped you understand that being old is just another chapter to live through. Another chapter worth embracing because each day we get older, and that is a privilege. Until next time, have a beautiful week. Please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on all social media platforms at Jody Harrison Bauer and at The Old Podcast. 